You're listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast. Unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros, the incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in a primetime live edition of Hogan Johns after a busy day at Hallis Hall. What's up, Johnsy? What's going on? Is your bracket busted there, Adam Hogan? I did not even fill out a bracket. I think this is I think this is three years running on that. I was trying to think about this. Was free agency always the first week of the tournament? I, I think this is like a new thing. Last year, last year it definitely was. Yeah, I, I didn't fill mine out until this morning, and then I filed it through CBS's website about 10 minutes before Ryan Poles talked at Hallis Hall. Yeah. I just got to be honest. I I haven't had a second since Monday to watch, to fill out anything or know anything. I mean, I guess I could have pulled up a bracket and just randomly put teams. But You'd probably be better off. Yeah, but I probably would have Wisconsin going to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, that's a problem because they're playing in the NIT. My five-year-old filled out his bracket with me on the computer. He, he was by my side picking teams, and he had Northwestern winning it all. And I'm finally like, son, okay, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on. So who do I talk him into? Arizona. <laughs> oh. He doesn't You're care. a terrible dad. First of all, you crushed Awful his dad. dreams. You crushed his wildcat dreams, and then you were wrong on top of it with a different wildcat. Bad. Awful, awful selecting by me. Yeah. Um well the cats are still alive. The north the purple ones, not the uh Arizona ones. Too bad. I did just see though, and I didn't know this, that uh I was watching the end of that game right before we came on here. Caden Pierce made the free throws at the end. He is the brother of Alec Pierce. They're both Glenbard West alums. Alec Pierce, of course was at Cincinnati in the draft last year and was picked by the Indianapolis Colts. So a little bit of a local tie to uh, Princeton beating Arizona. Every year, Michael Bryan from the Sun-Times does a, a full story on how many local players there are and teams in the NCAA tournament. There's always, I feel like it's one on every single team. It feels yeah. that way a lot. The Chicago basketball, though, for you. Well, that was more frustrating when we went through all those years where Northwestern and Illinois weren't even in the tournament. And you would you would literally turn on any random game, like Princeton, Arizona, and there'd be a player from Chicago or the Chicago suburbs. And you're like, How is this happening? Like, why are is he not guys, on a local team? Yeah, why are they why are they not on Northwestern? Why are they not in Illinois? Why are they not in a tournament? Like, yeah. So well, the best anyway, football players, which we're here for, still leave the state. Adam Hogan. They do, and they're all over this draft, too, this year um, as we bring it back to football and some needs. It's interesting being at Northwestern's Pro Day the other day because like, pretty much right now, the two biggest needs are offensive tackle and three technique. And they got two guys, I don't know, one and 11 team that could very much help the Bears. So... But that's uh, for a different day, although I think we will probably have a little bit of a Jalen Carter discussion in here because that's one thing that Ryan Poles addressed today, and he was at Georgia's Pro Day yesterday. But a busy day at Howells Hall. Ryan Poles talking to the media. 
uh, followed by new wide receiver one, DJ Moore, and then a bunch of other players. Can you name them in order? We got Travis Homer, Jermaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Demarcus Walker, PJ Walker. No, I missed one. Did you say Edmonds? I'm going to No, I said Edmonds. Oh, okay. Nate Davis. I forgot yeah. Nate, Nate Davis. I did, I did forget Nate Davis. Yeah. Um. So you asked me a question, then tried to answer it yourself and got it wrong. <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> I didn't even want your answer. I was going to try it myself anyway. Yeah. Uh, which one was your favorite? The Marcus Walker. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, right? He was outstanding. He's my new fair player. Excuse my first half of movie. Yeah. That's going to be played a lot. Well, I mean, immediately I was getting tweets. That's got to be on the soundboard. So there it is for you. Excuse my first half of movie. I hope he was giving me Pernell McPhee vibes and I was getting so excited because I miss I miss Pernell so badly. And it's like, we got to get one of those guys back. All right. So two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. It's the best. All right. What's your biggest uh, takeaway from today? I like that Ryan Poles isn't bashful about explaining some of his strategy. How that when he looked at free agency, he looked at the respective positions. He didn't see a top tier offensive tackle, at least one that warrants a major contract. But he did see two linebackers in Edmonds and Edwards that he considers, that the Bears consider, two of the best at the respective position. And that's where their efforts went in free agency. I respect the the approach. I respect the candidness in revealing that, hey, you know what? Maybe Mike McGlinchey isn't worth $17.2 million a year or whatever that average is. I think it's 17 and a half. Maybe Draymond Jones isn't worth more than $17 million per year. Maybe Orlando Brown doesn't fit at all. I like the the honesty, at least the the pulling back the curtain a little bit that Ryan Poles tends to do with his, his press conferences. Yeah, he's a little bit more upfront about the decision making process. And I think it helps a lot. I think, I think, I mean, I think you heard the GM explain today that and you've heard him talk this way in the past when he says like at a number we're comfortable with right when he says that it's they set their board it's actually not all that different from the draft right you have it's just a free agency board and every name is attached with a value and sort of a order that they're going to go in and if a different team exceeds that number Comes off the board, just like a different team drafts one of your players. Then you move on to the next guy. And you take a best player available approach. And I thought he did a good job, Johns, of explaining that when you get too caught up in your needs, your position in needs, you could miss out on a player like Tremaine Edmonds, who, yeah, maybe you could go gone through next season. Jack Sanborn does a great job as your Mike linebacker. If Tremaine Edmonds the best available player and an upgrade at that position, and it makes all three of your your linebackers spots strong after also signing TJ Edwards, 
you, you got to kind of let the board fall to you the same way that you, you talk about smart teams doing on draft night. When he mentioned the length, the athleticism, like, did you not just picture what Brian Urlacher used to do over the middle of the defense? Yeah. Breaking up passes, being a pain in the ass for quarterbacks with throws between the two safeties or down the seam. He improved so much. Edmonds did as a in coverage, I should say. He improved so much in coverage last year. I think the Bears love what they saw. They wanted that to be part of their package on defense. We uh our producer Kent did a great job of pulling some of the stuff from today. So we do have uh, some of this stuff for you. But Ryan Poles uh, talked about the linebackers today, and uh, this is what he had to say. Yeah, it's value. You know, when you look at the board, we felt like, you know, those two players were at the top of their positions. Um, we felt like the skill set was going to help our team, and we decided to go there. Um, it made sense. You know, with everyone, we kind of – I've talked about this a few times. We put them in values, and you put them on a board, and, um, you know, I think you can get in trouble if you go, you know, heavy with, you know, the biggest need, and you fire away there, and you let really good players, you know, walk away because you're, you're too stuck on where you need to get players. These guys are really good and are at the top of their position. Yeah. I think there's a discipline and a patience that we're seeing from this front office that's refreshing, quite honestly. I understand some of the frustration over the, the lack of interest in Orlando Brown, but I, I would look at it this way. Poles knows him so well coming from, from Kansas City. Like, played a role in his acquisition when the Chiefs wanted to revamp that line. Look what the Chiefs just did. They let him go, brought in another guy, like, like who, and paid him more than Orlando Brown just got. Doesn't that tell you something? Yeah, yeah especially after they traded for the guy. Yes. Like, this. You know, typically when you make a trade like that, you're like, well, this is somebody we want to have for a really, really long time. And then, you know, they did franchise tag him, but then they chose not to do it again. And I think, like, a scheme fit matters. I mean, you can't put a guy in there that doesn't fit what you're trying to do in your running game, which right now is the best part of your offense. Yeah. You can't buy your way out of trouble. You can't. The, the Bears aren't in position... Like maybe in a year or two, if Justin Fields and DJ Moore really take off, then you're in this position of strength where you could really now you could be aggressive for those top tier free agents for at least that year. If if you want to try to get that left tackle or or that that pass rusher, that that final piece, right? The Bears aren't in that position yet. They're just not. Right. They can't buy their way out of trouble right now. They have to build it correctly through the draft. As Ryan Poles said today, and I agree with this approach, you want to keep things healthy, healthy, in case you have to pivot, in case things don't work out in certain positions. He's having a long-term outlook with outlook with this rebuild, and I, I appreciate that. Right, because as soon as you start getting antsy and you start reaching, whether it's on your draft board or your free agent board, that's when you start getting into trouble and start regretting things. So, um uh, speaking of that, should we play what he had to say about that ninth pick? Go ahead. After, because this is the first time we got to talk to him since the uh, trade. Moving back to number nine, and this is uh, what he had to say. Oh, uh, teams in and out. Uh, 
conversations where the, you know, the compensation changed. Um, I mean, it, I thought it was almost done one day and then it went longer and it pushed to two to three days. So um, it took a lot of patience, um, but I'm glad we got to where it is. Yeah. What went into you being willing to go to nine? And, and how many first round picks or number one picks do you, do you think there are on Yeah, originally during the combine, you know, I thought there was, again, we don't really talk in rounds, you talk in values. Um, and different rounds can be split up different ways. Um, but really at the top, it's like six or seven. So I think that's where, you know, having DJ Moore part of the package really got us over the edge because we knew we were getting a top end player included in that. Does that include the four quarterbacks in your mind? Yeah. Yep. So was DJ Moore the point where you thought to yourself, it's, this deal's not going to get any better? Like, I'm trying to figure out why you didn't wait longer. Like, mm -hmm. is that as good as you thought it was going to get? Like, that whole the whole deal. I did. And we had a lot of conversa conversations about that, you know, the noise around it was crazy compensation. But I think at some point when you feel comfortable with what you're receiving, you pull the trigger. Um, sometimes you wait too long and, and things, you know, move on. Trades are hard. I mean, when you're a part of them and, and they pop up and you're having those conversations, they're not comfortable conversations, especially when you're moving on from a player. So, you know, the longer that you're talking about it and thinking about it, you can start to sway a little bit. So when we hit, in a position where I was comfortable, we were good with it. So that that speaks to what you said earlier, John's, in, in my opinion, of just about like he's not afraid to explain the reasoning and say, I mean, not everything needs to be a state secret. He didn't give away anything there other than, look, with the way their board was stacked, including the quarterbacks, that was an important follow-up from Pat Finley in there. They had six to seven of their blue-colored players, right? That's how he's described it. And now we don't know how many of those six or seven were quarterbacks, if any. But that's all part of the calculus they're using for how far they're going to move back. So, I mean, even in a world where now let's, and, and we're just sort of guessing now, but let's say two of those blue players were quarterbacks. You're back to nine. And you have presumably four quarterbacks go ahead of you. There's still a decent chance that one of those blue players is still going to be available for you at nine. And if not, the fact that they got DJ Moore back in the trade, he knew, as he said, we're they're getting a premier player in there and they know they're getting him. So like the logic there, the way it's explained it makes you it makes you feel good about the process, I think. A premier proven player, not just the a blue graded player, but a player who has produced at this level in some pretty bad circumstances with multiple forget multiple, like a, a lot of different quarterbacks down in Carolina. I, I liked his explanation about not waiting this out, especially when you're when you're dealing with a team considering moving on from a player. Who knows? Maybe one or two more days of talking this out with Carolina or waiting to see if someone else comes in. Maybe DJ Moore is not part of that conversation. Maybe Scott Fitterer has a change of heart. But at that moment, with DJ Moore part of the package, I think it was the right move to act. I love the idea of pairing a young quarterback with an experienced receiver because we've seen it work 
in multiple places in the NFL. It's a great trend to be a part of. Now with that quarterback comment, I didn't think he, he I don't think he was inferring that there's four blue graded quarterbacks. I think in terms of moving back to nine, the Bears projections had four quarterbacks going in that top eight before them, which again, to your point, would drop certain players down. Now, an extension of this conversation, I do think there's a scenario that the Bears will probably discuss where maybe Will Levis drops to them at nine. I'm not saying they're going to take him, but I think you have, by staying in the top 10, now you put yourself in position to be a trade-back candidate again, Adam Hogue, for teams in the teens that didn't have the stomach to move up all the way to one because the cost is just prohibitive. But at nine, it's like the fields move, right? 20 to, to, to 11 for the Bears. But mm-hmm. at nine, if one of those quarterbacks does fall and you're there, what if Washington calls? What if Tampa calls? You're having different conversations again. And I'm sure these are things that are going to be worked out even beforehand. If we, if we learn anything from that, the trade-up for Justin Fields, like the Bears, Ryan Pace had that deal in place well before that draft started. He just needed the scenario to play out the way he wanted. Something to think yeah. about. And it doesn't even need to be a quarterback, quite frankly. No, be a, not at that could, point. Could be a corner. Could be Jalen Carter fell and you're still uneasy about everything. But another team is like, ah, we got to go get that guy because he's so good. We saw Philly trade up for Devonta Smith a couple of years ago, right, right ahead of the Bears trading up for Justin Fields. So if one team has a higher grade on Jackson Smith and Jigba than the bears do. And that they feel like that's the number one wide out and they absolutely have to go get them. I mean, it's just, it doesn't have to just be the quarterbacks. It, it opens it up for, honestly, it opens up for more positions than you would normally trade up for in the top. Three. Great. Great point. Great point. Because that's um, almost always for a quarterback. Trade ups. Yes. Significantly, I'm talking about in the, the top, top five. Yeah. yeah. The price is so I'm, high. And I'm sure the Raiders right now are thinking the, the same thing. The reason I mentioned the trade back possibility now is that it, the Raiders signed Jimmy G. They got Garoppolo. So they're did probably thinking see, trade back. Did you see the wrinkle though today? What was it? I know we've been very busy, but I saw this. Um, the honestly forgetting. I, I, I don't have, I know he's not yet. officially signed yet. Yeah, but he didn't, he was supposed to do his press conference today and it got postponed to tomorrow. And if you're going to go on the um, more realistic conspiracy theory, might have a physical problem there, right? Like in terms of failed physical is always that's we've seen that happen before. Or if you want to get really crazy. I don't know. The Raiders here with Aaron Rodgers had to say yesterday and. uh, Oh, jump back into some conversation. I don't know, but that was weird. Was it officially rescheduled for Friday, though? Like, it's on the agenda? Um, Here. Give me a second here, because I can find it. That's so Raiders, though. (laughs) Just to to pivot multiple times within a few days, not knowing exactly what they're going to do. Okay, so to Sean Reed, who covers the Raiders for The Athletic. Um. And there's a couple more follow-ups here, so I'll just read them in order as it all unfolded. About an hour ago, the Raiders have postponed the press conference for quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo until Friday per a team spokesman. 
He then followed up and said, when asked to provide a specific reason why the Raiders team spokesman declined to comment. Uh, for clarity, Jimmy Garoppolo has not officially signed with the Raiders. They agreed to contract terms Monday, but the transaction is not complete. Um, now, Jeff Howe jumping in here, though, with a tweet regarding Jimmy Garoppolo's postponed news conference source with knowledge of the situation just said all good. So it doesn't sound like there are any issues finalizing the deal just to postponement. You could have some contract semantics to get through. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, something popped up on the physical that isn't necessarily changes their them signing him, but maybe you adjust a guarantee a certain way. Yeah. You know, something like that. Different escalators. Um, or it's definitely an Aaron Rodgers wrinkle. <laughs> you just want that. Just I'm rooting for chaos with Rodgers. <laughs> just because it's funny. Um, yeah. So all right. What should we get to next? DJ Moore? Yeah. No, we talked about him a little bit, but I, I do think he was once once he was included in the conversation. Tolls had to act. Mm -hmm. I, I like the idea. Justin Fields needs this. The offense needs this. Chicago needs to see Fields, Moore, Mooney, and Jason Claypool at the Bulls game. It's a good situation for the Bears that they built for themselves. Yeah, and it just. We don't necessarily know what the other offers were. They probably included that 2025 first round pick instead of the second round pick. But it just goes back to, and we talked about this last week, but just getting immediate help for Justin. And you heard DJ Moore talk about it today, just how he didn't want to talk about how I'm just coming in to help Justin Fields, but how they're all helping each other. It, I remember talk, we talked to, Robert Mays and Nate Tice about this in our crossover pod at the combine that really it just, and I still feel this way now that the move has been made. It just took the acquisition of one true wide receiver one to make the whole room look better. I feel so much better about where Mooney is. I'm still a huge fan of Darnell Mooney. I think he's underrated and he was probably just asked to do a little bit too much last year. And even still, they you look at the numbers towards the end before he got hurt, and things were coming around. Even just the presence of Chase Claypool on the field, I think, helped that, even though Claypool didn't really you know, deliver a ton. But it just kind of makes everyone... Um, you know, be in the right spot in the pecking order in the wide receiver room that they should be. So... Uh, there is some breaking news here from Adam Schefter. I'm seeing the Bears are signing former Packers tight end Robert Tanyan to a one-year deal per source. I think he's a local guy. Big Bob Tanyan. Big Bob is a, a local. Hold on. I'll look it up. You know, I, I got to get my local guys correct. Yeah. What do you? Why do you even need to Google this? You're, you should know. I want the high school. I, I want the correct high school. He's a McHenry guy. McHenry. Yeah. McHenry East High School. I still think you signed Cole Clement, another local guy, St. Vider, to an extension. Yeah. Why did he not go to the Jets? I thought Aaron Rodgers had a list of guys he wanted to go with him. 
Because Rogers is going to the Raiders now. <laughs> Nobody knows what to do. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but there's a connection here with Getsy, obviously. Signing another Packer, bringing him and uh, hometown guy. I'm sure it's not a terribly expensive uh, contract, but it's a guy who's got 17 touchdowns in his career. He's kind of gone on. Um, he would go on hot streaks with Rodgers. He would just have these games where all of a sudden he'd randomly have 10 catches and two tutties. Some of those catches came against the Bears, too. <laughs> yeah. Remember those. I, I like the idea of adding. Like I, I, I do think it's a, a big, deep draft class in terms of the tight end position. Like You could get some good ones on day three. But I like the idea of adding one who's familiar with Luke Getze's offense because everybody will tell you in the league, there's quarterback and there's tight end in terms of the hardest positions to learn. Tight ends are expected to do a lot of different things. I think the responsibilities in Getze's offense can be a lot. Can be a lot. And I like the idea of giving Cole Komet some help. The guy was on the field for like 98% of the snaps last year. As good as he is, that's a that's a heavy workload for a guy who has to do a lot of physical stuff in the trenches with that run game. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's this it's uh and I also, you know, similar to some other signings that have happened, just like at the running back position, I don't think it precludes the Bears from still drafting one of the many good tight ends that are in the draft this year as well. Just this that. is like the uh, Ryan Griffin replacement, right? Yes. What's funny? Jake Tongis. Tongis. Huh? The fullback, tight end. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Ryan Griffin. Both of them. Yeah, the veteran guy who's got some experience and been around a little bit. So, And he, and he can certainly catch the ball, too. Um. And he can make your all Chicago high school football. Can I have team. a full roster of these guys sooner? Huh? Yeah, seriously. They're not afraid to go to the local guys. I like it. All right. We have some more sound to get to. Should we should we do that? Let's we finish have... with that. Let's finish with Edmonds first before we get to the offensive side again. Yeah, sure. And we got some stuff from TJ Edwards as well. Um, but yeah. Uh, Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, your presumed Mike linebacker, uh, talked a little bit about his opportunity joining the Bears. Uh, if I can get this open, here he is. You know, uh, Buffalo has been my home for the last five years. You know, I can't thank them enough for just giving me my first opportunity, you know, just to display my talents in the NFL. Um, but, you know, you, you know, you look too far back, man, you're going to trip going forward. And, you know, I'm focused on what's in front of me and leading this football team, you know, to get to the level that the city and that, you know, that we want to be as a team. And uh, that starts with me. You know, that starts with the Mike linebacker. That starts with the, the, the man in the middle. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to that opportunity, that challenge. And, uh, you know, I got my heart out on ready to work. What part of your game do you take the most pride in? Effort, because that's something that you can't teach. Um, we talk about talent, all the guys talent in the league. When we talk about effort, you talk about relentlessness. And you talk about guys that just care. You know what I mean? Guys that finish plays, guys that give it his all. I think we turn the film on, you can tell that from guys. And uh, it's, it's it's more than just effort because, I mean, it's more than just talent because in this league, man, talent's only get you to a certain point. You got to figure out what sets yourself apart, man. And I'm going to give it my all each and every time I step foot on that field. That's how I was raised. That's that's my identity, and that's who I am as a player. So I chose like, that quote. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, it just sounds like a hits guy. Oh, Matty Rufus hits? Yeah. I chose that quote because he specifically called himself a Mike linebacker. 
mm-hmm. and for all the discussion we've been having about who plays where, can we just clear this up? You and I, and I think the Bears, Lance Briggs, we all think Tremaine Edmonds fits that middle linebacker role, that Mike linebacker role, just like your locker. TJ Edwards will be your will. He didn't really come out and say it, but I think we can all assume it's how the Bears are going to approach he's heading into the offseason program. Yeah, that's how I expect it to look when they take the field. Um, that's not to say it can't change. You know, I, I think the good thing about what the Bears have at linebacker is Edwards can play multiple spots. Sanborn can play all three spots, probably. And I do think Tremaine Edmonds' skill set could fit as a fun will linebacker. But that being said, he already is a good Mike. I think some people, we talked a little bit about this on Tuesday too, and we were probably guilty of it uh, as well, just sort of not necessarily falling into a trap, but thinking so much about Shaq Leonard and what he meant to the Colts defense as a will. And we kind of forgot the idea that like, yeah, here in Chicago though, Erlacher was the main guy. Briggs was his partner. They were both really, really good. But one was the first ballot Hall of Famer, and the other one has a case for the Hall of Fame, but I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, And so it's okay to have your highest-paid guy at the mic. There's nothing wrong with that. I I think think some people are objecting to that, and really, you should know better because you're in Chicago. You've seen this play out here before. Again, we blame the Bears. We should blame the Bears. We should blame Matt Eberflus <laughs> for starting this. Moving Roquan Smith and continuing th- this debate. But I-, I think you can extend this conversation even further. It's Luke Keekley in Carolina. Joe told yeah. us that in the last podcast, right? Go beyond that. Sean Lee with Rob Marinelli and Matt Eberflus in Dallas. Yep. Good middle linebackers. And also, I think there's a connection there with Roquan, too. They didn't put Roquan in the middle. They felt like they just wanted to use his speed at the weak side. Does that maybe give you any hint that maybe they, they didn't view him intangibly or size-wise, because he's a lot smaller than Tremaine Edmonds, to be the perfect fit to man the middle of this defense? So if you can get that guy that you view as a perfect fit for $28 million cheaper, again, it goes back to the logic of the decisions that are being made. That makes sense to me. It just does. The pro- the process. Real quiet Smith contract, at least if you want to look at it like in a year-to-year thing, is like the combination of Edmonds and Edwards. I yeah. like the process. I like the process. And to further this point, when this defense has been at its best, like this, 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 it's beyond cover two in, in, in that. Beyond the Tampa two. It's, it's sub packages and all that stuff. I don't want to get into all that. But you know what I'm saying? When it's been at its best, there's been two very good linebackers. Two very good yeah. linebackers. I just, I just think of Carolina again. Keekley and Thomas Davis. Look at Buffalo. Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Erlacher, and Briggs. This defense, yes, it's the Tampa 2, but it's more than that, has been at its best when you have two outstanding outstanding linebackers in the middle of it. That's every down. Bears have that now in Edmonds and Edwards. 
No, I just want to be careful. I, I think it would be unfair to say that this pairing is as good as Erlacher and Briggs. No, I, I'm not I, saying that. Yeah, I, I, but I just wanted to make that clear that no you one's can envision the the purpose of their signing with that in mind. Yes, absolutely. And there's a world where I think Edmonds can, you know, get even better in the scheme. But and I've said this before this week, he needs to get better sometimes just playing downhill and not getting lost in traffic. Uh, and I think that right now that's where some of the concerns on the D line are warranted, keeping those blockers off of the linebackers. But there's still plenty of time too. Uh, speaking of TJ Edwards, I asked him a question about because uh, he was just here recently in December playing against the Bears and just what his takeaways were from uh, going up against the Bears and basically just how much he had followed his hometown team and everything that was happening at the time. Remember, the Bears are on a long losing streak, but he clearly wanted to come home and be a Bear. Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely always followed to see what was going on um, and just out of habit. But, um, you know, obviously when we came and played here, it was a really tough team, man. I mean, it was, you know, a game that was all the way to the end. And obviously I can speak more from the defensive side going against the offense, um, just just a lot of weapons. And um, trying to contain fields was a big part of what we were we were trying to do. And, um, you know, you kind of saw what happened on one of the plays there where he got loose. So he's definitely uh, a, special, a special player for sure, and you can tell just by the way that the game was going, that it was it was no quit at all. And that's definitely something that I wanted to be a part of for sure. Can you appreciate that Justin had the chance to do something special at quarterback? And that hasn't always been the case around here. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously growing up a Bears fan, I understand, you know, everything and, and all that and how it goes in, in the past. But um, I think the biggest thing, you know, is just trying to be in the now and just trying to, um, you know, build what, what's here and, and, and work with, you know, for me, just building the chemistry of with those guys. And um, but, yeah, man, I think just with all the all the weapons he has and the things he can do with with his legs and his arm and um, the guys up front and, um you know, obviously just how the team is ran. And I'm starting to learn that more and more as I'm talking to people now, but um, it, just, it just feels like it's going in the right direction. So it's exciting. He knows how it goes. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Ramble off all the quarterbacks that I covered since 2012 and, and those that we watched as a kid growing up in Chicago. It's a lot. Do you, do, do you buy the um, Justin Fields hype? From the players, because I, because if we're good, if we're being fair as reporters, a lot of the hype was being teed up in the questions. Correct. If that um, makes sense. I do remember this. There was a similar hype when the Bears had their big free agency hall of 2018. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, they all talked up Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. So we've been here before. And then at the same time, like, what are they going to say if you ask about Justin Fields? Of course, they're going to say good things. Of course, he was part of the equation. And of course, there's potential and promise there. So I'm just trying to take a wait and see approach to this. You can be encouraged by everything Justin Fields did last year. You can be encouraged by his pairing with DJ Moore. And I definitely am. But let's see the progress be made as a passer. Let's see that completion percentage go up. Let's see the t- the sacks drop. Yeah, I think, now, the only, I think the Bears did a lot to help them. Yeah, the only thing I would say is that I do think that because um, because I talked to TJ Edwards at the Super Bowl too, and uh, like 
yes, the question was brought up about Fields, but it was sort of unprompted. He talked about a couple things. One, that he was way bigger than they thought he was as they were practicing during the week. Like, they got to the field, and they were like, oh, man, this guy's really hard to bring down. Like, that's a real thing. And I do think that he knows from just game planning against Fields that Fields has already established himself as the dangerous guy that you have to game plan for. And that counts for something. Yeah. yeah. It's not I'll, always I'll been say, the case. I'll say that that wasn't a, the case with Trubisky. No, there, there is a difference. So let me semi-correct myself in, in the comments. Like Lamont is right. I, I think the vibe in 2018, at least from those free agents, is that they were excited to join a team with a young up-and-coming quarterback who was just selected second overall. Here, now with Fields, there is more real experience. Like TJ Edwards had to tackle Justin Fields. Yeah. He had to chase him down. I, he stepped out of bounds in that run that he alluded to. But that was another dynamic play made by Justin Fields. Like there is actual success. Plays made by Justin Fields that Mitch Trubisky could never make. So, yeah, let me clarify. There is different vibes to this because Justin Fields has actually had success, at least going into this year, like 2018 turned out to be Trubisky's best year as a pro. Like some of those feelings that Allen Robinson had about him were, were fulfilled in a sense, but at least for TJ Edwards, DJ Moore, the Marcus Walker, everything they said about Justin Fields today, there is some backing on the tape. We should say there, there is actual visual proof of it happening, happening at the NFL level. Yeah, and I was going to say also, like, even when questions are teed up and obviously no one's going to be like, no, I don't like Justin. Um, You could still, the way they get answered, hear excitement of the voice. So that's the Demarcus Walker thing. Pat Finley asked the question. Here's the question. You get to hear the answer that because this was going around today and was obviously one of the more memorable quotes of the day. do you appreciate thinking about Justin Fields coming into this? Did who's playing quarterback have anything to do with you know, when you sat down with the teams? Considering the quarterback might be because you need one of those to win too. Excuse my first house of fucking losing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, maybe like I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking about it. Y'all gonna get me? You know what I'm saying? We did get Demarcus Walker today. He was. He was not only just entertaining, but he was not afraid to like just talk about how he had to become a pro and all the he was sort of caught in the wash in Denver and how he had to get in the right spot to learn from the right people. Just it was a very entertaining uh, press conference. Excuse my first half of Lulee. It'd be fun to cover. Yeah. His first year in the pros. Quarterbacks for the Broncos. Trevor Simeon, just cut by the Bears, by the way. Yeah. Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch. Sorry, you want a thought on that? I was just going to say, I wouldn't completely rule out a return to Denver for Trevor Simeon. Okay. Now, they they signed Jared Stidham, and their quarterback room's a little crowded because I think Brett Ripon's still there. But um, remember, he was in Denver. I think he likes Denver. And uh, he was also with Sean Payton in New Orleans. So there's that connection, too. Other quarterbacks he's played with. Case Keenum. I'm just scrolling through this. You got to give me some time. I don't know if I do. Joe I Flacco, get, Drew Locke. I think we get Brandon the point. Allen. You get the point. 
It's like the DJ Moore conversation all over again. I understand the excitement. I really do, especially for a defensive player. And you watch Justin Fields do what he did last year. Yeah, that's that's a pain in the ass to stop. You have to do a lot of different things to stop what Justin Fields does all over the field. But, yes, to go back to what we were originally talking about, sometimes us as reporters, we uh, we ask for this. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh, one quick, th- one last thought on the linebackers. I think it'd be a little naive, though, for us to... Don't we have to acknowledge a little bit that maybe the Bears aren't as high on Jack Sanborn as maybe we thought they were? Yeah, but didn't Ryan Poles on your other podcast, CHGO, talk up Jack Sanborn unsolicitedly? Yeah, he did. He did. It's just one lingering thing in my head this week that's been sort of sort of bothering me because it's like, even though Tremaine Evans is an upgrade, it's if you if you had your true starter that you felt really comfortable with, I don't think you drop seventy two million on another guy, right? Especially if he's just one year. I don't know. It's just I I just can't imagine that Jack Sambor went in this this week thinking that he was gonna get knocked back to Sam and have to you know dust off the special teams playbook a little bit more. Well, if you're, if you're just thinking of the human element, I'm sure he was actually ecstatic early on about playing with his former college with Edwards. teammate. Yes. Well, and he has to give up his number now, too. Yeah. Because Edwards is wearing 57. But that's the NFL, though. It's not like Jack yeah. Sanborn won't, won't have a role. He'll be your oh, starting. He'll have, he'll have your starting Sam role knocked down. Sam linebacker, strong side. And then he'll have a big role in special teams. And you know what? Yeah. If Edwards gets hurt, Edmonds gets hurt, knock on wood. Bears don't want to think that way, but now you have depth with Jack Sanborn, who played quite well last year. Well, this is ideally what you want at every one of your position groups, right? Is essentially have, you know, three starters at two and a half positions. You want your next man up to actually be a good man at his job? Yeah. But yeah, somebody who's already done it. Um, I just it's it's just a little this isn't the old NFL where the your three linebackers would be on the field, you know, eighty percent of the game. Now it's a third. So but they are set there. And and uh Flu said it before. The starting Sam needs to be able to back up the mic and the will, and I think Sanborn can do that. But it's just, you know, it, it's a position of strength, and that's a and that's a good thing. It still just sort of surprised me a little bit. You're just, you have your your favoritism showing here, Adam. Okay. I mean, if, oh, get if, out of here! If, if would, Every if, single one of us talked up Jack Sanborn. Like, <laughs> everyone like, a nice story on him. I like the local players. Yeah. I like the T.J. Edwards story. I don't think there's a, there's no way that there's a single person this week that was like, yeah, the Bears are going to sign both Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. Nobody. 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 And I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that a part of me is a little surprised by it. That's all. Okay. So, all right. Uh, what else you want to get to? Some offense stuff? Um, offensive line stuff. Want to get through that real quick? Yeah. 
again, I, I appreciate the the candidness sometimes with Ryan Poles essentially telling everybody, hey, Cody Whitehair is our next center. I don't know if that's sitting well with a lot of the fans out there, but I understand the process. Does it in the if anything, that also tells me the Bears are gonna draft the guy, maybe the center or, or, or third round and let him develop maybe. behind Cody Whitehair, but Mm-hmm. Cody White here. I get it. There were some snap problems, but I could see the the argument, or at least the conversation, to be had to to move him there and put Tevin Jenkins at left guard. Like I, well, yes, there were some snap issues, but we don't have to overthink this. Cody Whitehair was a pretty good center, wasn't he? A Pro Bowler, yes, a Pro Bowl alternate as a center, and. Um, like, come on, is he better center than is he an upgrade over Sam Mustafer? Just right there, yes or no? Yes, yes, he is. Like, come on, it, it, we don't have to overthink this. And yes, the snap, the snaps were somewhat of a problem sometimes, and and probably more than you want. But it, let's not pretend that Sam Mustafer didn't have some low snaps last year that Justin Fields wasn't dealing with. Wasn't the play where he got? Uh, the play after he got hurt in Atlanta, the last play of the game, wasn't that a oh, high snap? Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I think there was a confusion of play. Oh, that's what I was saying. That's what I'm thinking. So Sam Mustafer was a restricted free agent. I feel like more often than not, you see your RFAs get tendered. Sam Mustafer was not. Oh, yeah. They're okay letting him go. I mean, obviously, that was the conclusion there. Um, trying to before bring we up here breaking some news. No, 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 no. I'm just looking up Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair in 2018, which was the last time he was a full time center. Okay, so in 19 and 20, he split time between the two positions. But up until that point, he had primarily been a center, and in 18, when the Bears went to the playoffs, all 1,000. 75 of his snaps came at the center position and he graded out for me in my book as a long-term starter at the position, which would be a considerable upgrade, uh, honestly, over where he was at guard the last couple of years. So, I mean, there's a, you don't have to dig too deep here to realize that he's probably better center than he is guard. I think the Bears are recognizing that. And to your point, I don't think it at all precludes them from trying to get an an upgrade. Well, a future upgrade, a a young guy to learn. Center is a hard position to learn right off the bat. A lot of responsibilities on your plate, especially with the young quarterback still behind you. I meant to say draft a center. Yeah. Yes. It's still very much on the table. And I would also say if they do do that, they don't need to panic and immediately cut him like they did with Charles Leno once they drafted Tevin Jenkins. Different eras, different decision makers, but yes. Well, well the Bears also it. don't have any salary cap problems like that team did at that point. It's a, it, 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 yes, it's a different situation for many reasons. One, they're not up against the cap, but two, you also learn from that and realize that it was probably a hasteful decision. And we're also talking about a guy that's, you know, a team captain too. So 
I understand it. I think it's uh it's a good move for now. And also remember that things are always fluid. Now they still have a huge hole at right tackle though that they gotta fill somehow. Alex Leatherwood, isn't he on the roster still? Uh, I believe technically, yes. Let's just go back to how we started this conversation. At number nine, I think you have your pick of some of the best offensive linemen. Whether yep. that's Peter Skronsky, Paris Johnson, Roderick Jones, you have some players there that could be your best graded offensive linemen. Even if you want to move back a spot with like Tennessee, maybe they move up for a quarterback finally. Yeah. It's a great position to be in, right? It really is, especially since you added two first two twos in DJ Moore. Yeah. I, it, it's all part of why the trade makes so much sense. Like when you're at one, obviously you control the draft. You can take whoever you want, do whatever you want. But even where they're at at nine, those three names you just brought up at OT, I could almost say with certainty right now that one of those three guys will be available to the Bears at number nine, which yep. is probably part of the reason why Ryan Poles felt comfortable trading back. And they could still take a hard look at Jalen Carter, which apparently he's still an option, as he probably should be, because Poles said today that they are going to bring Carter in for a visit. Top 30. I, w I would love to know if teams at all are giving him a pass for yesterday. With everything going on? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously been a rough couple of months for the kid. And especially the last two weeks, to have those charges just dumped on you out of nowhere during the combine. And Obviously, at least to some extent, there needs to be an admission that he wasn't completely truthful about something because we could say with certainty, even his agents were caught off guard by uh, what, what dropped at the combine. But anyway, that got resolved by today, two weeks yeah. later. It's all settled and he pled no well, contest already. Yeah, he pleaded no contest to misdemeanor charges of reckless driving and racing. He was sentenced to 12 months of probation. He received a thousand dollar fine and 80 hours of community service. And he will attend state approved defensive driving courses. There you go. Now you still got to dig into why he Showed up yesterday, nine pounds heavier, couldn't finish his drills. It's just not a good sign when you guys know they're putting all this effort towards these big days. And I also think it does this stand out that literally the day before John's, they were at Northwestern's Pro Day. And at Atamoa Adabore, also a three technique, you know, essentially aced his test. He's testing better than any three technique ever has at the position. And then you go to fly to Georgia the next day and the top guy looks like that. Now, this is why it's so important that we consider there's still a month and a half until the draft, because whenever that 30 visits happens, what if he shows up, drop the weight, looks great again, performs great, 
is refocused on football and maybe this whole thing's behind him and has been an important life lesson. Like all these different scenarios need to be on the table. And that's why it's up to polls and all these other teams to, as he said today, whatever all the information is and how it looks in April and mid April, and they sit down and they throw it all out on the table, then they make a decision. I feel like I'm giving the bears too much credit for the process, but here I am again, going to credit them for something. They had their mental health team, their skills coach, their clinician involved, like in their, their interviews at the combine. And I think this is going to continue throughout their top 30 visits. And with a player like Jalen Carter, who's going through, I'm putting this mildly, but a very difficult time in his life on a variety of different fronts, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a benefit that the Bears have that included. Where this isn't all just about football, but the person. And I know we're talking like there's a business aspect of it. I, I get it, right? These are all business decisions at the end of the day. It's what they are. Mm -hmm. But the Bears do. Yeah, I'm going to give them credit for their, their approach to free agency and this process that's going to continue with Jalen Carter. I think it's a good way of summing up. It's only fair. Yeah. Anything else we should get to before we get out of here? Nah. Busy day. There'll be gotta more moves. Watch, yeah. Got to go watch Northwestern. Andrew Billings. Yeah. Sign, right? Defensive lineman. I would just say at this point in free agency, the Bears can let players come to them in a sense. They yeah. still have a lot of money. Still have a roster to fill out. You have a draft class to sign eventually, a draft class that I think will increase in size come the actual draft. But at this point, free agency, you're on to the second and third third waves here. Yeah, Let we're already seeing it. Yeah. Let the players I will, come to you. I will say the one thing about Billings is he got some money. He got over $3 million. That's not, you know, a guy that... That's a guy you're signing to... You're, you're expecting to be on the team. He's on your roster. And um, he's a, probably more of a one technique, and he's probably a better fit than a Angelo Blackson was. So, but I think he's... I think they're all I was just say, I, I, Even yeah, Robert Tunyon, he's still in his 20s, I think. Yeah. Well, and that's another theme that we probably should have brought up even earlier in the, the show. I mean, they're staying true to that. I don't think they've signed anybody over the age of 28. Yeah, Robert Tunyon's 28. Yeah. And Demarcus Walker was 28, too. So... It's a good way of going about doing business. And as we kind of started this whole thing, you if you stay patient with that approach. And I thought there was actually an underrated moment in the press conference today where where polls was clear about that. Like, you think short-term, we got to fix all this now. But when you shift to the more of that long-term, he said, we're not going to be able to fix everything. But over the long-term, you keep the same approach, and that's when they'll be able to, you know, Fix all the positions. The, the, the way you fix your roster is through the draft. Yeah. Not in free agency. Again, the Bears aren't in a position to, to target that, that one player and pay him handsomely to fill the hole that they need, that they that they desperately need filled. 
They're not in a position to do that. The best way to find long-term success is, is finding your building blocks through the draft. It really is. It's, it's an imperfect process. It requires a lot of patience from, from organizations and from fans. And I get the frustrations when a lot of guys that you like are signing elsewhere. But the best way to do it is through the draft. Another one? Yeah, I think we got another one. Maybe we just need to stay on. We just got all these live signings. Yeah. Uh I think it's Dante. At the Foreman. Yeah. Running back. Yeah. Trying to pull it up. And saying from Schefter. Panthers running back Dante Foreman. One year, $3 million deal. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they're not drafting one on day three now. I'm kidding. Yeah, Maybe he's been a. He's been around um, most recently with the Panthers. So, was with the Texans, former third round pick. Okay. I mean, this is where you, in, at this point, Fred, you see you're just adding depth and guys. Yes, you are. Yeah. But, all right. Well, we appreciate everyone being here and uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read all of Johnsy's coverage today on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Uh, we got a ton of coverage up at the uh, at allchgo.com as well. I was just laughing here at Kevin Fishbane's tweet. He said the Bears must have watched a lot of 2022 Panthers tape. <laughs> they, keep bringing these, they keep bringing these Panthers over. DJ Moore, PJ Walker, Dante Foreman. He was productive last year in Carolina. Hold on. Let's not end this. Give me one more minute. Let's pull up his number. Well, you know, didn't he help step in there after they traded Christian McCaffrey, right? He had 914 rushing yards last year. Okay, that's something. I think that's more than David Montgomery. Five what? touchdowns, 4.5 yards per carry. He's averaged 4.3 over his career. Okay. 27 South years play. old. Yeah. Again, not old. By any means. <laughs> Again, not old. That's as old as we are. Like we're getting. Like this podcast yeah. is getting. <laughs> like it's six thirty at night, and we just had a work day, and we feel like we're gonna die. I gotta eat some dinner. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always that too. Shout out to the Bears for giving us Panera today. That was very nice of them. I still got my cookie right here. I just need to eat. Okay. Let's end the show. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, hit that Any like button. Thoughts, <laughs> yes, hit that like button since we're live. We appreciate you being here. It's been a long day, and you guys have consumed a lot of coverage, and thank you so much. Uh, also, hit that subscribe button and uh, notification so you know we don't always go live on the show, but when we do, then you get the little notification, and you know what's happening. So thanks for being here. Um, the coverage doesn't stop. I'm sure it'll be a busy weekend as well. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap it all. As always, whatever happens over these next few days, it'll probably be more signings like this, but they're still fun to talk about. And um, as those developments happen, we'll be right here on the podcast to break it all down. Uh, also, check out our merch, obviousshirts.com. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Excuse my first half of f***ing Lulee.